0: This morning, we're going to continue, and we're going to uh, continue ministering on the purpose of the cross, and next week is Palm Sunday. It, it, it's happening fast. It just speeds up, and then Easter. So we're going to finish today on this part, and then next Sunday, we're going to start and through Easter ministering on the statements that Christ made while he hung on the cross powerful statements first one was what father forgive them and so we're going to we're going to start with that we could spend a a lot of time on that but we're going to go through each statement because each statement there's a purpose in each statement and and it's something that we need to understand amen now, let me, I'm going to review quick here, and uh, as you can see up here on, the, on this cross, and it's probably not very legible because I did it, sins forgiven on one side and lordship established on the other. Too many Christians have settled for a cheap imitation of the authentic gospel of Jesus Christ. I shared with you how I've been in the antique business for many, many years, and I like the real thing. I don't like just cheap parts added to something that's called an antique because it doesn't have the value. I want the real thing. I want the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, amen, but there are too many people, they just want certain parts of the gospel because they want their ears to be tickled and and uh, they're caught up in the lust of the flesh and the desire for other things, but We want the whole purpose and the whole plan of of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In order to understand the purpose of the cross, we must understand this. Why was man created in the first place? And and Brad, Pastor Brad talked about, I mean, are, are we just here in this life, going through life, you know, cemeteries are full of people that went through their life never fulfilling the plan and the purpose that God had for them. I want to fulfill my calling. I want everyone in here to understand you were placed here on this earth for a purpose. And if we'll yield our heart to God, I'll, I'll never forget, before I went to Bible school, I, as I've said, I grew up in the 70s and and uh, that was a fun time for me. But there came a point where I realized that there was more and and i'll never forget the the young man that, that that i went to school with you've heard me talk about he's a pastor now in hastings he was into drugs and 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 uh was a mess but he he met jesus christ made him the savior and lord of his life and then he shared with me and it got me on the right path and all of us here today Maybe you've made Jesus Christ your Savior, but he needs to be Lord of your life. There's a lot of well-meaning Christians that are going to die and they're going to go to heaven because he was Savior. But the sad thing is when we stand before him on Judgment Day, he's going to say, but was I your Lord? Sobering thought to think about. I don't want to finish my race with just Jesus Christ being my Savior. I want him to establish lordship in my life. Now, listen to the scripture. Don't turn there. Just listen to this because this tells you and I why we were created in the first place. Revelation 4.11 says, You, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure... They are and were created. For whose pleasure? God the Father's pleasure. He created all of this. He created you and I for his pleasure. He loves you. He loves me. And he did all this for himself. See, I was created for God's pleasure. And God's purpose man as God intended was originally under submission to his divine authority God placed Adam in the location of God's choice and gave him the vocation that he intended him to have in order to serve God's purpose remember God created Adam and Eve he placed them in a certain location in the garden and said tend and keep the garden Who started all that? The Father. And it's no different today. You and I were created for a purpose. There was no thought of man here determining his own plans and course of action. Only after the fall do we see man living independently of God, trying to fulfill his own selfish plans and desires. Today, many believers look at the cross and say, what can I get out of it? What is the death of Jesus Christ accomplished for me? And yes, you can get a lot out of it, forgiveness of sin, but there's more. And that's why we're going through the last few weeks talking about this, going into Easter so you and I understand the, the true and full purpose of the cross of Jesus Christ. Why did... Jesus Christ endure the cross. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So that's important, isn't it? Yes, it is. But Christ's death was not merely for our sin, but to once again establish his lordship over us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 states, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? Now listen, and you are not your own. That's, that's quite a scripture. You are not your own. You were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You were purchased back from death and, and hell with the blood of Jesus, and you're not your own. For many Christians, Jesus Christ is their Savior, but not their Lord. The cross of Jesus Christ represents Lordship for the believer, not just the forgiveness of sin. So as we go into uh, Easter and communion we will receive on Easter, um, I want you to think about that. You go through your week this week. I'm not my own. Say, I'm not my own. Not my own. I, belong I belong to him. Yeah. And so everything you and I do, we need to look at that from that perspective. Thank God our sins are forgiven. Thank God if we've made Jesus our, our Savior. We're gonna, when we die, we're going to go to heaven. But let's live our life what time we have on this earth. Living for him. Doing whatever you do for him. And whatever you do, whatever your occupation is. You know, when I when I work, I love to take something that's old. And anybody else would look at it and say that it's junk. But I like to get involved and get my hands on it and restore restore it back to life and make it something that has value again. That's what God did for us. He took us, we were bound by our sin, and because of Jesus Christ and and, and his death burial and resurrection, you know, we've been restored, we've been recreated. And our lives have purpose now. Say my life has a purpose. And if you don't know what that purpose is, then get give your heart to Jesus Christ. Open your heart and your life to him, and he will reveal to you. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. All you need to do is ask, Father, what is, what is your purpose for my life? What do you want me to do for you? See, that's lordship talking. That's the right mindset. What do you want me to do for you? And I've thought about this because I've spent almost 30 years of my life restoring things. And there are things all over this state and items in people's homes that I have touched. And I've always prayed this. Father, these hands are anointed of you. Bless these things that I do. And let them bring joy to people. You have purpose. We have purpose. I'll never forget... <clears throat> because I always wanted to be involved in antiques, I love to buy and sell it 's just in my DNA it 's the Jewish part of me. Amen, well, I got Jew living in me and when I went before I went to Bible school, I was just wanted to be in the antique business, and I had poured my life into learning what I could. But there came a point that I had to lay it down and go to Bible school. And I'll never forget the man that taught me the business was a sinner. <clears throat> he did not know Jesus. He was a professed atheist. And I'll never forget, and he did this for me, and I, I didn't realize it till later. I ended up doing the man's funeral. He was a decorated officer in World War II, wounded, laid in a river, bleeding, and they got him and, and, and saved his life and He was crippled from then on. He limped. He had some health issues. But I'll never forget going into his shop. And I remember trying to share with him a little bit about, and he couldn't understand why I was going to Bible school because he was trying to groom me to go on and be in the antique business. And finally he said, get out of here. He said, get out of my shop. And, yeah, it threw me for a loop. And he was very hard on I me. Mean, he was an officer, and he was, he was tough. And he cussed like a trooper. Get out! And I'll never forget leaving that shop because this man had been a mentor to me. And someone that I had, he, he, my father had died, and, and I'd almost like adopted him as a father in a way. And he was a father figure, and he told me to get out. And I never understood years later how God had used him to say get out so I could burn that bridge and go on to Bible school and enter full-time ministry. Now, I went back, and, 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 and after I got out of school, and he picked up right where we left off and, and uh, continued to help me the best that he could, you know. But I had to leave that life in order to pursue my, my call. And the thing I want you to see is I laid it down. I said, okay, Lord, it's all of you. I want you to take all of me. And you know, when I did that, he restored everything back to me. And I've been in the antiques for years. But I had to lay it down because it couldn't be, you know, the main thing in my life. Jesus Christ had to have lordship in my life. And I'll never forget that. At that point, I remember walking out of that his his place of business crying because he'd said get out we did it for a reason he in his own way he knew that i needed to go on but here i ended up years later doing a a, a funeral for him a military funeral and he died with de- a decorated veteran and it was an honor to do that but i had to lay it down okay I want to read to you um, something, and it's entitled, it's, it's, it's comparing the old cross with the new. A.W. Tozer said this, he says, Unannounced and largely undetected, there are has come in modern times a new cross into popular evangelical circles. It is like the old cross. But while likenesses are superficial, the differences are fundamental. From this new cross has sprung a new philosophy of the Christian life, and from that new philosophy has come a new evangelical technique, a new type of meeting and a new kind of preaching. The new evangelism employs the same language as the old, but its content and emphasis differ. The old cross would have no truck with the world for Adam's proud flesh. It meant the end of the journey and carried into effect the sentence imposed by the law of Sinai. The new cross in contrast, now listen closely, the new cross in contrast is not opposed to our flesh. It's a friendly pell the source of oceans of good, clean fun, and innocent enjoyment. It lets Adam Adam live without interference. His life motivation is unchanged. He still lives for his own pleasure. But now he takes delight in singing worship choruses and watching religious movies instead of singing body songs and drinking hard liquor. The accent is still on enjoyment, though the fun is now on a high plane morally, if not intellectually. The new cross encourages a new and entirely different evangelistic approach. The evangelist does not demand a surrendering of the old life before the new life can be received. He preaches similarities rather than contrasts. He seeks to create more interest in the gospel by showing that Christianity makes no unpleasant demands. His brand of Christianity offers the same thing the world does, only on a higher level. Whatever the sin-mad world happens to be clamoring after at the moment is cleverly shown to be the very thing the gospel offers, only the religious version is better. The new cross does not slay the sinner, it redirects him. It steers him into a cleaner and jollier way of living and saves his self-respect. To the self-assertive, it says, come and assert yourself for Christ. To the egotist, it says, come and do your boasting in the Lord. To the thrill-seeker, it says, come and enjoy the thrill of success through Christ. Sounds a lot like the user-friendly church. And Joel and Rosita, you better go and you better find a church that's not user-friendly because there's some in Omaha. And you better find a church that's going to preach to you the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And not only talk about Savior, but talk about Lordship. You better go to... Oh, you're on, I'm on you. Well, you're leaving. So many different, difference. I can make you mad. I don't. You better go to a church... It makes you feel uncomfortable after you hear the preacher preach. Because if you don't feel uneasy, and, and yeah, you can have peace. You come to church, you experience the blessings of God and all that. But it's the word, it's the truth that sets you free. Paul had revelation of the cross, and I'll give you a scripture. <clears throat> Listen to this Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.15, and he, meaning Christ, died for all that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Wow. You mean I'm not supposed to live my life for myself? That's right. But you I want you to realize something you know you could take this the wrong way, well, I guess I got to serve God you know in and do what He wants, and I'll never get to do what I want no that it's quite the opposite. if you'll give your heart and your life to his plans and purposes, if you allow his kingdom to come and your his will be done in your life, God will open up for you doors that you couldn't even imagine. And it'll bring you much joy and much pleasure. It'll happen. No longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross brought an end to the believer's selfish agenda and introduced God's plans and purposes. The thing is, there are too many selfish Christians today. You can say amen or oh me. Because I'll tell you something, folks. There's a lot of selfishness here in this room today. Yes, Jesus Christ might be your Savior, but is he your Lord? And you can be a Christian for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and he'd be your Savior, but never be your Lord because always self was ruling and reigning instead of Jesus Christ. And we're coming into a day, we're in that day right now where we need to live our lives. We need to live close to the Master. Real close. Here's some scriptures. I'll read them to you. You don't need to turn there. In 2 Corinthians chapter. 5 and 17 you can write these down and look at them later here's some scriptural admonitions concerning the lordship of jesus it says therefore if anyone is in christ he's a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new now listen now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trust passes to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Bottom line, we're given a ministry that we need to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. And that there's only one sin that will keep you out of heaven. Everyone say one sin. And that's rejecting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So we don't go to the world and say, you dirty scoundrel. You're just an old sinner. You act like an old sinner. Sad thing is that's the church. But we go to the world and say, God loves you. He gave Jesus Christ as his own son to bear your sin, to die on a cross for you, to be resurrected, to give you new life. God loves you. That's the ministry of reconciliation. We don't beat him over the head. You'll go some places and the preacher's going to say, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good. And we're saying you you can ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior. Become a child of God. He loves you. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. I'll never forget, and I, it's such a vivid memory for me, because at that time in my life when I was searching, and I was a, I was a, a mess emotionally, and it was, you know, after... Uh, Not long before this and it was after I believe my dad died I'd woke up and i've told you he was dead in bed I'd been out the night before partying And there was a a a baptist girl that I went to school with she invited me to york nebraska says come to church come to church And I went to church and I can remember sitting in the back row of that church with this young lady And he gave an altar call And my hand went up. That was the day I was in. Jesus Christ, Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord. He wants all of us. 2 Timothy 1, 9 says in the Amplified, For it is he who has delivered and saved us and called us with a calling in itself holy, leading to holiness, to a life of consecration, a vocation of holiness. He did it not because of anything of merit that we have done, but because of and to further, now listen, because of and to further his own purpose and grace which was given us given us in christ jesus before the world began i want you to understand i don't want you to leave here today wondering why you're here on this earth you're here because god has a plan and a purpose for your life and if you ask jesus christ to become your lord and savior and ask him to come live in your heart lord you can have me use me he will And you'll be a blessing to the kingdom of God and you'll be a blessing to the world if you'll do that. Luke 9.23 says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. 1 Corinthians 6.19, I already said, You are not your own, but you've been bought with a price. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Matthew 6.33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. So be added on to you. Acts 20, 24, he's, Paul says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Luke 6, 46, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? So there's a clue right there. If Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, you are a doer. And you will do what he says. Look at Acts 9. I'm almost done. Acts chapter 9. I want you to have an understanding that God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He sent his son to die on a cross for you. Yes, to forgive you of your sins, but also to reestablish lordship in your life. He wants to be Lord of every area of your life and my life. Acts chapter 9. Remember, you remember how the the apostle Paul was called to the ministry? This is Paul who was then Saul. This is a man that went out and, and, and arrested Christian believers, drug them out of their house, arrested them, threw them in jail. It says, then Saul, breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and he fell to the ground, heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Lord? I think that's kind of funny. Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, "I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads." So he, now listen. So he, trembling and astonished, said, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" Everyone say, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" It's a real easy question, and and Jesus answered. He said. Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Paul understood what it meant to burn a bridge. He understood what lordship was. Lordship requires submission. And boy, the American people don't like that word, submission. Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. Lordship means one who has ultimate and supreme authority over every area of your life. Look at Philippians 3. Philippians chapter 3. Have you ever heard me say we're all works in progress? Well, we all are. I'll guarantee you there's areas in every one of your lives in my life. We have areas that, yeah, he's Savior, but we've not allowed him to be Lord. Amen? And so we don't need to leave. I don't want you to leave here beat up and bruised. I want you to know there's good news. He loves you. And all you need to do is say, Lord, in this area of my life, I've not allowed you to be Lord. But, Lord, what do you want me to do? Philippians three eight nine, verse 18 or verse 17. <coughs> Philippians 3, verse 17. Brethren, <coughs> join in following my example and note those who so walk, so, uh, so you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, I, I, I looked at scripture and I, I've read that before. Enemy of the cross of Christ. That's a sobering statement. Do you want to be an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ? I most certainly do not want to be an enemy of the cross. But there's two different kinds of people here. He's talking about, you know, religious leaders that are deceiving the people. And he's also talking about carnal Christians as enemies of the cross. Then he says in 19, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Now, listen, who set their mind on earthly things. Set their mind. In other words, you're just consumed about what's going on around you. Earthly things. And we're to, we are to set our affections on what things above and not upon the things of earth, so here again, if you're constantly caught up with earthly things, then i I question whether he is Lord of your life. now, granted, we live on this planet, we live in the earth, we live in in this world and we got to deal with the affairs of life. I understand, he understands that. But if we're consumed with certain, if all you're consumed about is money, if all you're consumed about is riches, if all you're consumed about is new this and new that, and the, oh, I'll throw this in, and the latest technology, if all you do is spend your time doing this, drive down the street. shopping mall where was i the other day and i just went they were doing this i think technology is good we need it and we can use technology to win people to christ but it also can become a distraction David Ravenhill says this. He says, How we need to return to the biblical basis of conversion. The easy believism of today has produced a weak, pathetic church constantly in need of a spiritual pep-me-up to keep it going. The average believer lives as an enemy of the cross, refusing its demands but expecting to enjoy its privileges. They're absorbed in earthly matters, and this world is the limit of the horizon where are the wimp, wimp, men and women today? I almost said wimps. Where are the men and women today who know the joy of true surrender, who are people who grow up past spiritual infancy to be mature in Christ? We all got growing to do. There's no one here perfect. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We're all at different levels. Some of us, our flesh is in more control than others. Some of us, our minds we need to keep more renewed than, uh, you know, and work harder at that. But I want you to know there's good news. God loves you. He accepts you the way, the, the way you are. But what you can do is every day say, Lord, not my will. See, this is how I start my day. And I, Lord knows I'm not perfect. Just ask those three on the front row. I'm not. I'm not a perfect husband, and I'm not a perfect father, but I have a heart that wants God's will, and I'm still crying out for his lordship. Lord, forgive me. I want you to be Lord of my life this day. And see, if you'll start your day like that, just get real with God. Just talk to him like that. You screw up? I screwed up. Lord, forgive me. Now, listen to this statement. How many of you want to grow? How many want to grow spiritually? Let me see. Everyone that wants to grow spiritually, stand up. Okay, you can sit down. I'm going to tell you how to grow spiritually, especially you young ones. I... I, I'm still dealing with this. It's not an offense, but it's wounded me. I came over this week. Nobody was there but an electrician, a young electrician over here. Well, he's not that young. Well, he's younger than me. Brian, some days, can I just come up and visit you? And you and I'll just, you know, talk about our Lord Jesus. I came over here and I just asked him, he says, are you about done? In a nice way. Well, we got about a day. fine. So I go back and later that day, Caleb comes home and he says, there, that guy working out there, electrician, want to know who the old man was. <laughs> and it's like somebody slapped me. No way. I mean this. Everybody tells me I look good. Do I look good? For fifty, how old am I? Fifty-eight. But he said, "Who's the? It was the old man. Oh, who's the old man?" And so now everywhere I go, I'm I'm kind of touchy. Brian. They need. someday they'll realize it I could have cried no but I didn't I'm going to tell you how to establish lordship in your life and to grow spiritually maturity now listen maturity requires surrender Maturity requires surrender. Yeah, my kids, they think, you know, they think I'm just an old man, an old fart. But someday, they're going to recognize and realize mom and dad did know some things. and they'll think back and they'll remember. Yeah, they'll remember stupid things. They'll do that. But they'll remember back someday. There's something. Amen. The cross represents death, death to our own desires, our own plans, our own ambitions and our own goals. And if we're dead to self, then we must live for Christ. Everyone say this. I was crucified with Christ. My old self was crucified with him. Christ took my old self to the cross with him, and I died there with him. The cross was God's way of doing away with the old me. I was crucified with him, nevertheless I live, yet not the old me, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who is my Savior, but my Lord too, not my will but your will be done. Purpose of the cross. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning.